Monday, October 31st, 2022, eight days to the U.S. midterm election. So this week, I'm going to be talking about a couple things. It seems like the Democrats are grasping at two last straws in desperation. One of them the danger to democracy because of election denialism. Because some of us on the right believe that the Democrats cheat. The other one is now election violence because of what happened to Paul Pelosi. So we're going to look in that a little bit. So this Sunday in the mainstream media on CBS, Face the Nation, Maggie Brennan interviews GOP Representative Tom Emmer, who is the chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee, who was blamed for the violence against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, on Friday. Right, as it was Friday night. And then I'll be checking in on Sunday morning propaganda on CBS Sunday morning, where CBS Chief Correspondent for the Election Campaign, Robert Costa talks with a bunch of people at Penn State game, and also Professor Michael Berkman and media critic Margaret Sullivan, because 300 Republican candidates for state and national offices are election deniers refusing to say that the 2020 presidential election was legitimate. And they say that's a war on democracy. I think he's just talking about the truth. Also gonna be tearing into the Sunday New York Times, talking a little bit about the attack on Paul Pelosi and how the media is immediately spinning it and saying it's because of Republicans. So we're gonna get into that right now. So first up, I just want to get into this um, this piece here by uh, Kevin Ruse, who states uh, the emergency pod. Uh, this is a podcast. Elon Musk owns Twitter. The world's richest man has just closed the deal, promising the company won't become a hellscape, appointing himself chief twit and promptly firing top executives. And then uh, they go into the podcast, uh, which basically talks about. Um, how bad it is. You know, the Democrats were always talking about how, oh, Twitter could do what it wants. It's a private company. And and then they go in to say that because it's a private company and now it's bought by a private citizen, Elon Musk, that he, because it's a private company, he's going to be doing all these things that are going to be bad. Actually, as we all know, is that he's going to try to restore the platform into its ideal free speech town square type of zone uh, so all points of view can be uh, represented. Um, but then I want to get right into the, uh, well, you know, the thing about Twitter is that it was unfair, it was biased, it was a propaganda machine, as I stated earlier. 
uh, used uh, by the intelligence agencies with bot farms to sway public opinion all around the world, really, but in the United States as well, politically, and the establishment is invested in maintaining the uniparty, and particularly now with the MAGA onslaught, uh, preserving the power uh, and the, of the establishment, but particularly the Democratic Party. And so they're losing, they're going to be losing the midterms, which is apparent. They're going to try to cheat, obviously. They're, uh, many states are sending out all these mail-in ballots and stuff that... Uh, open the door for fraud. And so people are concerned, as you're going to see with Tom Emmer later, that um, people are awake and that they're poll watching and they're going to be uh, election counting. They're going to watch the election count. And so they're all disturbed about people in Arizona showing up uh, with body armor and armed. If you didn't know, in Arizona, they have open carry. So not surprising. But they're worried that that's voter intimidation because people are watching drop boxes, which is where a lot of the fraud came from in states that have outlawed ballot harvesting. And so if you saw 2,000 mules, there's some, uh, there's some evidence addressing that. But we want to get into the attack on Paul Pelosi, which obviously was committed by some deranged person. But there's some question about the details of the attack whether Paul knew the person, were both men in their underwear, they were struggling over a hammer when the police arrived, but the police didn't shoot the suspect before he struck Paul Pelosi with a hammer. It sounds very contrived, or at the very least, because it happened so uh, soon before the midterms, there is a lot of um, concern about what exactly happened here and whether it was indeed contrived or was it an actual organic incident that they just spun in a specific way. A lot of the things I wanted to say about the attacker is that he disappeared for a year. So anybody that disappears for a year could very well be taken in and um, mind control, if you want to go that far. Um, but that could be set up as some sort of Manchurian. So uh, basically, we're going to go into what the New York Times knows about um, this person. And so what we do know is that when the police arrived, uh, this uh, intruder and Paul Pelosi were struggling over a hammer. Um, whether Paul Pelosi had the hammer to defend himself, it, it seems that it was Paul Pelosi's hammer and that he confronted the intruder with the hammer. And you have to be, every time, anytime you confront somebody with a weapon, it's likely that the guy might take the weapon away from you and kill you with it. So if you have a weapon, you better be prepared to use it. In any case, the pre police arrived and they were struggling over the hammer, um, but the assailant took the hammer and then struck Pelosi while the police were watching. So what we know is the authorities are looking into whether, this is the mainstream media, the authorities are looking into whether the suspect in the same person responsible for blog posts that espouse anti-Semitism contain an array of angry and paranoid postings, including concerns about pedophilia, anti-white racism, and elite control of the internet, um, it's come out now that these allegations are false, uh, however contrived they were, that this guy was actually a leftist. What he was doing at Paul Pelosi's house, we don't know. Um, they they arrived quickly at the scene. It was, uh, that door was answered. Police arrived at the scene at 2.30 in the morning after a phone call to 911. They were led inside by an unknown third person, who that third person was. During the call, the dispatcher said that Paul Pelosi, 
Paul Pelosi didn't know the person, but that his name was David and that he was a friend. So it's very confusing whether Paul knew this person, whether this whole thing was contrived, what were the actual uh, injuries by uh, to Paul Pelosi, and whether the guy actually said, where's Nancy, where's Nancy? That can't be independently verified. And Paul Pelosi was also treated at Zuckerberg Hospital. So we'll see what happens there with what exactly. They said that he went in for brain injury, had a fractured skull, which isn't really brain injury. But um, we don't know necessarily what um, what exactly... Uh, you know, who this guy DePape was, whether he was an agent of the left or, you know, it seems that they're blaming the right for this when in fact the right had nothing to do with it. Rhetoric or non-rhetoric, whether the right had anything to do with this guy whatsoever, he was a leftist. Whether he was known by the Pelosi's, we don't know. But sure enough, right after it happened, you have Maureen Dowd um, going off uh, and saying that it is indeed... Uh, she admits that we have a problem with violence in the in the country, um, and of course, she um, goes off onto all the different uh, aspects of violence, not tied to Republicans whatsoever, um, but tied to. Uh, there's obviously some problems in the United States, but all over the world with people becoming frustrated. With what's going on? So again, he says she says. Uh, uh, on the most macabre stories to come out of the January 6th attack in the Capitol and democracy ginned up by Donald Trump was when the mob roamed the halls pounding on uh, speakers' doors with blood-curdling taunts of, where's Nancy? Uh, Speaker Pelosi was not there, thank God, and the, and the uh, huddling with uh, other top officials in the secret bun- bunker. But now she ties that. Luckily, she was safe in her D.C. apartment with a security detail. When a man broke into her Pacific Heights home in San Francisco early Friday morning, he smashed the patio glass door and attacked her husband. Now, we don't know that for sure, but we assume. Who struggled with the attacker for control of a hammer. In a tingy echo of January 6th, the man shouted at Paul Pelosi, where's Nancy, where is Nancy? When the police arrived, um... The man said he was waiting for Nancy. Um, we have we have yet to see whether that's going to be in the police report or not. Um, but he wasn't subdued. But obviously, the left is tying this guy to uh, the right. Uh, whether the guy wanted to see Nancy Pelosi, what, what, why he was necessarily there or not, you know, we don't we don't know why he was there. Was he probably for Nancy Pelosi? Obviously, why were both men in their underwear? What the intruder was doing there in, in his underwear? But we do know that this guy was psychotic leftist um, for most of his life. Whether they're taking a situation, um, uh, don't let a crisis go to waste kind of thing or whether they set this up, we don't know. But there is some mysterious circumstance with a lot of events um, of violence uh, around the country. They're, it's shrouded in some sort of mystery. We don't know exactly what happened here. And like a lot of other incidents, probably uh, the truth will come trickling out and it'll prove that they are trying to capitalize on this event. And so, because it's one of the only straws they have is election denialism, which is a danger to democracy and election violence, Um uh, which they're trying to blame on Republicans. So let's uh, let's go first to Tom Hemmer um, with uh, Maggie Brennan and see how she tries to blame this guy 
uh, for violence. The chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee, Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer, how concerned are you about the risk of political violence? The uh, incident in uh, San Francisco, tragic as it is, I think we need some more information about it, but uh, we should all be feeling for Paul Pelosi. Yes. And just to be abundantly clear, you denounce any kind of attack on the Pelosi family. Absolutely. Uh, there should be no attacks, period. There should be no violence in our society. Again, whether it's political or otherwise, there's no place for it in a civilized mm -hmm. society. Republicans are poised to lead this contest and, and take control of the House. <laughs> we see suspicion, specifically among Republicans, about the voting process. They cheat. They cheat. Um, a big majority of Republicans support the idea of private citizens challenging election officials as they process and report vote counts on election night. We're seeing that on the screen now. Two-thirds of Republicans support the idea of private citizens patrolling around ballot drop boxes and polling places. That's political spin. Would you urge private citizens not to patrol polling places. Well, you, you picked the words, Margaret. I would say that it is Republicans, Democrats, independents, all American citizens are very acutely aware, as your previous guest just mentioned, about our election process. I think this is going to be a very good election because people are awake, they're paying Wait attention. Mm -hmm. uh, they should volunteer as poll watchers. It, it's a state-based system. Whatever your state requires and allows, mm -hmm. you should definitely be involved, and I think it's going to help the process. And just to be abundantly clear, Poll watching is different than voter intimidation, which is unlawful. Uh, nobody should be intimidated when they're exercising their most precious right to vote. Republicans, Democrats, and others are well aware of the issues that we had during COVID. People were stepping up and trying to do things to make sure we were protected and safe, but they were adjusting election laws on the fly. I think a lot of that has been resolved. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a really good uh, experience in nine days. Okay. So you would urge citizens not to patrol polling places. Again, I urge everyone, get involved. Okay. Whatever your state Not, allows, get involved. Volunteer. I mean, exactly what your, okay. your previous guest said. Because I Be want to ask, ask you, because in this bulletin, it also talks about um, a linkage in drawing uh, and undermining confidence in elections because of 2020. They cheat. They cheat. And you are on this list that we have of 307 Republicans running for office who have raised doubts about the integrity. Margaret, with that, uh, with that said, that amicus brief, is that a lot of people, uh, governors, attorneys general, secretaries of state, took unilateral action during COVID, changing yeah. election so, laws so you themselves. Don't regret Again, if these... I could finish, <clears throat> changing election laws themselves to try and make sure that we were safe while we exercised our right to vote. That particular amicus brief, all it said was that we need to reaffirm that state legislatures and legislatures mm -hmm. alone make their election laws. So as we go forward, once we're out of COVID, so we you, have to go back to that. So to be clear, you don't consider yourself an election denier? Absolutely not. And Joe Biden is the legitimately we, elected president of the United States of America. He's been sworn, he's serving. He is the president of the United States. He is the president of the United States. And we, we've got an election in nine by. days. We've got an election in nine days that we've been working on for the last yeah. two years. On your Twitter feed, you posted this video we're going to show just a few days ago where you're firing a gun and it says, enjoyed exercising my Second Amendment rights, hashtag fire Pelosi. Why is there a gun in a political ad at all? It wasn't an ad. Hashtag I was, I was or a tweet. Out, I was tweeting out hashtag something that I had just done. Hashtag fire Pelosi with a weapon. 
Well, now wouldn't a pink slip be more fitting if it's about firing her? It's interesting, Margaret. Why a gun? It's interesting, Margaret, that we're talking about this this morning. When a couple of years back, when a Bernie Sanders supporter shot Steve Scalise, which was horrendous when a Bernie and Sanders horrific, supporter which is shot why we Steve Scalise, not I never heard you weapons. or anyone else in the media trying to blame Democrats for what happened. We need to stay we focused on what you're shooting saying. a gun. Our viewers just saw it. Exercising our Second Amendment rights, having That's fun. That's not a debate about the Second Amendment. Yep. That's not a debate about the Second Amendment. Hashtag Fire yes, Pelosi. Yes, it is. You idiot! I, I'm, Do you I'm not understand that that is suggestive to people who are... I disagree with Why you, Why do you leave that up? Again, I never saw anyone, after Steve Scalise was shot by a I'm Bernie Sanders right supporter... now. ...trying just to equate, is happening equate Democrat now. rhetoric with those actions. Please don't do that. We've got a crime wave across this country that is In the direct moment, result. We are eight that is the days result. out. Don't you think this needs to change? Why not Again. pull some of these ads? Why not just delete your well, tweet? I'm sure, I'm sure people like to talk about anything but what the Democrats have done to this country, which, quite frankly, is exploding cost of living, a crime wave in our major cities that is the result of this defund the police nonsense and cashless bail. I mean, you look at New York City, where you put someone in jail at 9 p.m. for uh, assaulting someone on the street, and they're back out of the street at 9 a.m. committing ah! crimes again. You look at my uh, uh, state of Minnesota, Minneapolis it's has 6,000 assaults since the beginning of the year, Margaret. Mm -hmm. Those are the issues that are top of mind for every voter in this country. Yeah. That's why they're going to show up in on, the, uh, on November 8th, and mm -hmm. that's why Republicans are going to win in the midterms. That's what our projections are showing. <laughs> but I would suggest more pink slips, fewer weapons. You're it's shooting insane. a gun. Our viewers just saw it. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, he was shooting a gun, big deal. Trying to equate his tweet with the violence against, first of all, the attack against Paul Pelosi was done with a hammer. It was Paul, Trump, probably Paul Pelosi's hammer. Who knows? Um, it had nothing to do with a gun. It wasn't gun violence. Uh, his uh, trying to equate anything that the Republicans say or any support for the Second Amendment against attacks on Democrats uh, that's that's a far reach. But I want to go to um, uh, uh, CBS. I want to go to um, CBS Sunday Morning, where, again, they're trying to uh, call uh, election denialism or the fact that the people thought that Democrats cheated in 2020 as some sort of threat to democracy. It's actually just the opposite. If you have some criticisms with mail-in ballots specifically or bail, uh, ballot harvesting or any of these things is that it's actually upholding democracy because uh, the sanctity of the ballot and the chain of custody is, is something that has to be looked at uh, with great amount of scrutiny. Uh, and it's not something like, oh, people are crazy for um, scrutinizing or criticizing uh, the vote process. Election day is just days away. At stake, 35 seats in the Senate, all 435 seats in the House, and just possibly the future of our democracy. What? Here's Robert Costa. You want to talk politics for a minute? Sure. So inflation's your number one issue? Absolutely. Is crime a major issue in Pennsylvania? Yes. But beyond the issues that are dominating the headlines, the economy, crime, and abortion rights, what? some express another concern. Our very democracy is at stake in this election, and soon it could be taken from us. And that's what this election, I think, is about, because when these election deniers come into office as secretaries of state 
and in roles where they control the process and somebody wins an election that they don't like, they'll overturn it. And will we care then? It'll be too late. Indeed, more than 300 Republican candidates for state and national office have been identified by CBS News as election deniers for having stated their refusal to accept the results of the 2020 presidential election. They cheat. They cheat. January 6th was caused because of a crooked, stolen election. And with the most prominent election denier in the land, former President Donald Trump still ruling the Republican Party, it's an open question how his followers will respond when the votes are counted in just nine days. These elections are not legitimate. Michael Berkman is a Penn State professor who directs the university's McCourtney Institute for Democracy. The rise of a hardline, nationalistic, anti-democratic government. I mean, I think that the thing to remember about democratic erosion is that it's most likely to happen from the We're all watching what's happening in Ukraine and impressed and proud of the Ukrainians how they're standing up and fighting for democracy. The framers of the Constitution saw the free press as one of the pillars of representative government. In the words of Thomas Jefferson, wherever the people are well informed, they can be trusted with their own government. The Republican Party is gripped by people who are election deniers. What? How should the press contend with that? It's happening inside one particular party. Right. Yes. It's not that we're on one team. Margaret Sullivan is the former public editor of The New York Times and was the media critic at The Washington Post. Polls show Republicans could make major gains in 2022. If you want to live in this country and be a good citizen, and I think people do, that there is a deep sense of patriotism, then it's important to be an engaged citizen and to know what's going on. Yeah, that's right. You have to know where the support is. And that's why people um, had trouble accepting Joe Biden's election is because the overwhelming support was trending towards Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. And so Joe, a lot of people feel that Joe Biden wasn't elected because of election malfeasance, mail-in ballots, the turning up of more ballots that there were registered voters, the fact that he campaigned from, Joe Biden campaigned from his basement while Trump was out there getting crowds and that Trump only needed 12 million more votes, uh, 12 million votes, um, 12 million more votes than he got previously to win. He had to win a certain amount of states, which he did, and still the election didn't go in his favor. The fact that poll count, uh, ballot counting was shut down and then restarted when they had enough votes. All this is problematic when, when you take too much time to count the votes because if your fortification doesn't work and you're cheating, you can add more votes to put you over the top. That's just what was seen by most of us, so that's not surprising whatsoever. Yeah, it just it just didn't look right to most of us. So that's it for me, Rudy's Revelation. I'll be coming out with the Political Spectrum video later today. It'll be up by tomorrow. Check it out. Find out where you are in the political spectrum. Maybe you figure out that you're not a Democrat after all, or you're not a Republican after all. But most of us aren't authoritarian. Well, most of us aren't. And so we'll see. All right, see you tomorrow.